Hey, what up, Long Beach? It's another year of Long Beach State Athletics and another year of the LB Fee Show. This podcast is hosted by the562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler, and he's Mike Garabasio. This is the fifth season of the LB Fee Show, which our producer Roger Kirk just told me, which um, quite honestly shocked me. I think we all have the feeling of sort of a missing year to 18 months uh, in our mental continuity. Uh, but we're very excited for this season of the LB Fee Show because we're very excited for this season at Long Beach State where, you know, it's obvious that things aren't yet back to normal, but they're much more normal than they were last year. We're looking forward to getting to see every team out there competing. Um, and there's going to be so many great stories for us to tell and for you to follow along with on this podcast, as well as at the 562.org, where we're going to have articles, video highlights, and photo galleries from tons of Long Beach State stuff. So be sure to check us out there. But enough dilly-dallying. The man of the hour, a guy who I'm sure is even more excited than we are for the upcoming year, Andy Fee, Director of Athletics at Long Beach State. Welcome to your show and season five, Andy. Can you believe it? As always, a pleasure, and no, I cannot believe it's the fifth year because it feels like five days at certain times, uh, especially when thinking back 12 months ago and the conversations we were having on this podcast. So uh, as you said, though, just so thrilled and excited for this year to get underway and uh, watch these athletes do what they do best, which is compete for championships. I have to stop calling you the new athletic director. If this is, if you've been here five years now, <laughs> I, I have to stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right. It does feel like just yesterday where we were hanging out at the left field pavilion, quote unquote, down there, Blair, Bull Diamond of Blair field for that NCAA regional. And then uh, just a little while later, you were lifting a national championship trophy. Way to, way to announce your presence with authority, Andy. <laughs> a fantastic journey. At times, it's been a little up and down, uh, as for all of us over the last uh, 18 months or so. But it's been an absolute blast. And uh, again, I'm, I'm so excited for this upcoming year and, and for the future moving forward. I think there's so much we can continue to build on. We are going to have women's soccer coach Mauricio Ingracia on this show as our special guest. They had their exhibition at George Allen Field on Monday night. And uh, I guess we're not out of the woods quite yet because they were supposed to play a different team on Monday night. But because of a positive COVID test on their end, they had to find a new opponent within 48 hours. And they were able to do it. Shouts to them. And obviously, we're talking to Mauricio Gracia about that a little later on in the show. But Andy... It, so we're not out of the woods yet, right? That, that stuff's going to still happen. How are you guys dealing with it as a department when something like that happens? Is it just like, you know, sh shut the blast doors and, and move on to the next thing? It's very interesting. And I think what it really, at least in my perspective, I feel it boils down to vaccination status. So, for example, our women's soccer team were completely vaccinated. Our opponent, um, it appears, was not vaccinated or did not have a vaccine policy in place because quite a few of them on their team, at least half, seem to not have been vaccinated, which caused the issue. So in this world that we are today, um, trying to explain this as succinctly as I can, if uh, using our team, so if we had a positive case right now, um, that person would be pulled out, you know, and obviously, you know, verify, I, I'd probably do a second test just to make sure if, if they are um, COVID positive. But because our team is vaccinated, unless someone is symptomatic, we would continue forward. Now we might do some additional testing, but we would practice and compete. 
for teams that are unvaccinated, they have to pull all of those people who are unvaccinated out, whether they're symptomatic or not. So Cal Baptist, they had, I think, 13 players they would have had, and they just did not feel comfortable fielding a team for 90 minutes with 13 players. So um, that's the world that we're in. So we will continue. Uh, the NCAA has um, their, their best practices in place, which requires once you have to once a week do a PCR test, or if you don't do a PCR test, you have to do three antigen tests per week. So there will be testing in place. And I guess I, I do think it's going to be rare that games will be lost, but obviously we did lose one to start the year, which was uh, very bizarre, to be honest. Well, and let's talk a little bit more about vaccinations. I know there's a lot of sports fans uh, who'd rather not, but th this is the world that we live in. Um, that, as you mentioned, the NCAA has regulations around it that are going to, frankly, affect who's able to get on the field and not. You told us before we started recording, you guys are at 92% um, vaccination rate among your student athletes, and I think 100% on, on coaches' staff. Um, the group of 18 to 34 year olds that reside in Long Beach as a whole are 56% vaccinated. So you guys are, you know, practically double what the rate of um, college age kids at large is in the city. How did you message that to kids knowing that you have to be sensitive about, um, you know, people's personal feelings about the vaccine and everything? And, and, you know, how did you guys do that? I mean, you've been more effective than the city at large, right, in reaching that group. So what was the approach there from, from individual coaches as well as the department as a whole? We want to be respectful of people. And there might be um, reasons people are not vaccinated. We do have one student athlete um, that has a medical exemption. Um, and I won't get into the privacy area, but yeah. because of that medical condition um, has been counseled not to, to get vaccinated right now. So there could be instances where um, it's very reasonable that, that someone is not vaccinated, um, but it's kind of that group that is the hesitancy group, right? That's the group that I think all of us um, are trying to motivate. So the one thing that we have maybe, uh, well, I think everybody has the carrot of health. So I would hope that the carrot of your health you know, is the reason why. Yeah, it didn't affect my eligibility status. I just would rather not spend any time in the hospital. And we've unfortunately had to write about quite a few people, including friends of ours who did end up in that situation earlier in the pandemic. So great point. Before we move on to the sports side, that uh, not being on a ventilator uh, is a terrific motivation in and of itself. Yes. My motivation as well. So, uh, <laughs> but for this, this age group, obviously they're younger and maybe statistically they, they're less likely, but they can still have the same issues um, that everybody else has. So for us, um, a carrot is competition and playing. So for example, if we had been kind of like Cal Baptist the other night um, or the other day when those tests came back, half the team would be shut down for, for up to 14 days, 10 to 14 days. And so I think our student athletes, especially the fall sports who did not have a season last year, were like, hey, we want to play, <laughs> we want to compete. So the vaccine is the path to getting to the, to the promised land, so to speak, of competition and ensuring that odds are that we should be able to make it through um, these seasons, um, each, each sports season, relatively unaffected hopefully obviously i don't have a crystal ball and i can't guarantee no one will get sick but 
the odds are pretty slim, especially when we get to like a 90%. Um, you know, I, although we're not in our own herd, so to speak, but we, we do have a smaller herd immunity um, around the vaccine sneaking into our, our cohorts. So, but I do think for us, it was the leverage of, look, do you want to have as close to a normal season or do you want to go through last year all over again? And I guarantee you, myself, the athletes, the coaches, our fans, nobody wants to go through last year again. So that was really one of the things that we were able to, to leverage again. Yes. Yeah, so that's great for the student athletes, but you guys have to be concerned with the fact that you're going to have other students on campus who are not in the same situation. Do you have anything in, in place or plans to make sure that those student athletes aren't mixing and, and you know, uh, increase, increasing their risk? Things have changed and there's probably going to be more socialization. What we've really tried to reinforce with them is, and unfortunately there are breakthrough cases because the vaccine is not 100%, um, you know, the Pfizer that, that most of our athletes um, and, and coaches is in the mid to high 90s. So there is the very rare occurrence. So what we've tried to communicate with them is, you know, if you're indoors and you are not in your cohort or you know that I'm not sure who's vaccinated here, wear a mask. I mean, the continued mantra of wearing a mask, I don't like it, nobody likes it but we really try to use those best practices because again, the carrot is, yeah, you may not obviously be trying to get sick that nobody's trying to get sick, at least that I know of uh, with COVID, but it could happen. So again, the carrot is do the right thing. So to, so to speak, because if you do odds are you're probably going to be okay uh, being vaccinated. Even if you do get sick, the odds are probably extremely mild symptoms but we don't know um, every single instance where a student athlete may be. Um, so it's really getting them to understand what the reality is, because there's a ton of misinformation out there. So really what we've been trying to do is continue to educate them, even from the start of the pandemic, about what's real and what's false, because there are a lot of false, misleading uh, information being spread out there. So how about the events on campus? Obviously, we mentioned on Monday, George Allen Field, great crowd on hand out there. What are you guys doing at the gates differently for anybody planning on going to an event on campus? And you guys are going to have the uh, black and gold women's volleyball scrimmage on Saturday at 5 p.m. Fantastic uh, match last night with women's soccer. Um, I mean, well over a thousand people, I believe. So we, we, we drew a, a great crowd, especially not knowing you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. I, you know, I'd like to think everybody's going to come back and show up, but you, you never know. And based upon last night, I think our fans are just thirsting for action. And so uh, again, a lot of education about what are the rules um, indoors. Um, so talking specifically to the women's volleyball, black and gold scrimmage this weekend, uh, fans will have to come in with a mask. So it's indoors. That's a requirement for indoors to wear a mask. Um, outdoors, we encourage people to wear masks, but outdoors, that's, that's not a requirement. Uh, we don't have social distancing in place, um, but lots of hand hygiene stations. Uh, we're going to be running lots of PSAs, again, educational around not just what's happening in, in terms of being at the event itself, but in general, best, best practices that our campus medical and public health officials have shared with us for our fans. So 
it's it's looking again a little bit more like normal although we've had we're going to have some masks um for indoor events but um the great part is last night one of the best obviously winning a match 3-1 is awesome and i but one of the best parts last night was just watching people being back who had i mean people who hadn't seen each other in 17 18 months just being able to see one another and that's what I'm hoping this, and the theme is welcome back, back to the beach for us. And uh, we're excited, you know, that, that, that we believe we're going to have great crowds and certainly always want to keep people safe. So we'll continue to do those protocols of, you know, uh, the cleaning, disinfecting, all of those things. And, uh, you know, hopefully people come and indoors, make sure they bring that, that mask. Last night at the giveaway, uh, or last night the giveaway was a, a free mask, a LB mask. So uh, we'll just kind of do those things to, 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 again, follow best practices from public health and our campus medical staff. Well, back to the beach. Couldn't have said it better than that. Um, and stick with us. Uh, we've got Long Beach State women's soccer coach Mauricio Gracia coming up. We now welcome on our special guest for the week. He's built one of the best women's soccer programs in the Big West Conference in 17 short years. He's Mauricio Ingracia. What's up, Coach? How you doing? How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. Uh, you guys just had your first exhibition for the fall season last night at George Allen Field. How did it go? What did you see? It went really well. We've never had an exhibition this early in the season, um, but I felt it was important for us to get two games to get everybody going again after the longest layoff, right? So so we have two exhibitions, and uh, and so we had to manage uh, the load on the on the players because you you know we're doing double days, we're doing we're we're putting a lot of um, a lot of extra uh, you know fitness on the bodies, and so nobody played any more than I think fifty minutes, forty five. We were aiming for about forty five minutes for for uh, for the starting group, and uh, and so and we played twenty eight bodies, which is which was great. Everybody got a taste of it. Um, and uh, no, it was. I thought it was good. I was really thankful for FC Golden State and and their coach Will Lopez, who uh, put the team together in 36 hours' notice. And and so, just really thankful because as CBU um, gave us a reality check that uh, COVID is still here, um, that for us to be able to get a game and still have you know that magnificent crowd over a thousand people. And for our department to continue to to host uh, what, we, what we had been marketing, um, I thought it was a home run uh, all the way through. So the players are jazzed, and now we're ready to to today. We had a good day of training. Tomorrow uh, we'll be going over what we're going to do on Thursday, and then Thursday we'll we'll tighten things up a little bit. Yeah, that's my my first question for you, Coach. Is you know when you took over that program, as JJ mentioned, uh, seventeen short years ago, uh, when JJ and I were both in college, and the world was very different. Um, you, you, you were taking over, but you really did kind of build the program from the ground up. I mean, it was, it was, if you look at the record books, it's sort of like a start of the Ingracia era is like the modern era for Long Beach State soccer. Does this last year feel like a sort of a similar undertaking of not quite starting a program from scratch, but I mean, you know, you guys haven't played in so long. Um, that I just can't even imagine what that challenge is like as a coach to have tried to keep that group motivated and training when the first game is so far in the distance, you know? So what, what's that been like and, and how much of a challenge has that been to get to last night where they're actually on the field in the uniform in front of fans again? 
I think, I think you hit it, you know, you, you, you touched on it very well. I think it's, it, it is almost like starting from scratch and, and we are looking at it like that. We're looking at the, the ACBC kind of, you know, the, the time that the, the BC time, which is before COVID and then AC is after COVID. And, uh, and, and we do feel like we've got to tuck all of that stuff away and start fresh. And with that, there's a few little wrinkles that we're throwing in, like maybe starting a couple of new traditions with the players um, and, uh, and really um, just get after it in this, this side of the, uh, of the timeline. Um, it was a challenge. It was um, the, my biggest concern was my players' mental health and uh, the fact that there were other programs playing around us and we were one of the only conferences not playing. That was a challenge. Um, but our, our administration was great. They gave us as, uh, as much leeway as we could get, um, our players, we just kept getting creative. Uh, first we had a lot of communication with them. Uh, then when they, when, when, when that kind of became a little stale, then we started giving them days off. Um, and, uh, we just, we just got creative whenever they expected something to be a certain way, we would like switch it up and do something different just to keep them motivated and going and I think everything that that we did I was really happy and I and I'm and I'm really proud of the players because they responded to whatever situation was ahead of them and that's what we train our our women to do in our program is just to to have quality responses you can't control what happens in everyday life um you right when you think you have it something comes up and it'll 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 change everything and so our 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 program um, over the last four or five years, we've really do, uh, have, have, have gone headfirst into our culture. That's really what we focus on is how do we respond? And, and, um, and that's a short and long-term motivation strategy. And I think our players did a tremendous job and it's to their credit uh, to be where we're at right now. I have players that improved during COVID, which is, you know, they just kept working and working and working. A girl like, like, like a young woman like Lena Solano, she played 61 minutes as a freshman, didn't have any goals as a freshman, sophomore. And, uh, and, and she's at a different level. She scored two goals last night. She um, was, was MVP of a, a national championship um, in the summertime for, for one of the top teams in the country that, 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 uh, that for the UWS. And, and just like Lena, there's a, a few players around really elevated themselves uh, knowing that they needed to respond on a daily basis and they, they couldn't just sit still. So, so um, I'm really proud of, of, of the players. And yes, we are in the, in the uh, AC era and, and we're, we're looking forward to, to seeing where we go. Coach, talk a little bit more about Solano. Does she remind you of anybody you've had in the program? Oh, a lot of players. Um, Mel Fox, who's now, uh, our assistant coach from a mentality standpoint, uh, Mel Fox, um, played, I think one game, 90 minutes as a freshman and then tiny bit in the next game, uh, because we had, uh, we had Kelsey Wilson take a concussion and that's it. That's all she got her freshman year. And then sophomore, junior, senior year, she started every minute of, of, of those games. Um, a player from a mentality standpoint, also Dana Fujikuni, who came in and she was released from another program and ended up getting more awards than anybody could even imagine. Um, so there's a, a lot of stories like that, that I, that's what I really enjoy is watching players 
mentally uh, really take their, 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 their game to a new level. So that third, that last stage of player development, which is really uh, on the mental side, um, I really enjoy players getting to that. And, 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 and sometimes it's like those fifth year seniors that really make a jump. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of stories like that. Uh, talking about those fifth year seniors, that, that class of 2022 has been through so much. Are you seeing leaders emerge through the COVID era? And then obviously, you know, after and into this season, who are you looking to step up as leaders? The class has, has stepped up all along as, as leaders. Um, there's five of them. I call them my super seniors because they've, they're the, the six, they're even uh, six year seniors. So we have Caitlin Fergulia, the six year. I have uh, Daria Petratus, who just transferred in from USC. She's in her sixth year. Um, but yeah, all those players as a group, they've really uh, done a tremendous job of helping us build our culture. Um, and they started during their, their sophomore and junior seasons. And that's going to be their legacy is what they leave behind for others to follow. But, uh, but yeah, no one in particular, just the class in general. Well, I'm uh, very happy to hear that they're carrying on the uh, Mike and JJ six years at Long Beach State uh, tradition. That's great. Um, you know, that was a graduation plan that worked for me, coach. So um, my, my question, you talked about this sort of before and after COVID thing. As you're sizing this season up, what's the moment or two that you're really looking forward to that you're like, I'm going to take a deep breath and really enjoy this. Is it going to be the first game? Is it going to be a crowd or a certain game? What, what are you sort of like, this is what I was painting as, you know, we're going to get to this at some point and I'll, I'll know that we're in a better spot. I don't know. Every time I, I want to enjoy something, I want to sit down. It lasts like five seconds. You know, <laughs> I, I, um, I'm just glad to be out and, and doing what we do, what we love to do every day, get to the, you know, get to training, whatever, you know, organize the next day, um, organize the, the traveling, get to the recruiting. Um, I just enjoy, I'm enjoying, uh, after a year off, I mean, I'm really enjoying every part of what we do and what we're about. Um, I, I, the crowd was nice yesterday. We had over a thousand people. So shout out to, to, to the community. I'm hoping that on Thursday we get, we get another nice crowd when we play, we host LMU. Um, but yeah, no, just the everyday environment, being with our staff, uh, being with the players, going through uh, training, whatever it is, um, and, and just tackling it to the best of our ability. I think that's, that's what I was just the everyday mundane things, even the, the, the smallest things. And, and yeah, it felt like a sabbatical almost where, um, uh, you know, you just, but you're, you're forced into it. Um, and so now I, I you know, I, I do feel that, that there's a, there's a renewed energy, uh, not just for me, but for everybody. Coach, you mentioned it over a thousand people at an exhibition, your crowds out there have just been bigger, more impressive every single season. How, how have you done this? Like Michael just said, when we were in college, that was not a thing. And now you guys are breaking records with your attendance. Well, uh, in my recruiting presentation, I have a picture of Shauna Gordon um, and she's elegantly bringing the ball down and our roll up scoreboard is behind her and it was plugged into the wall. And, um, and I remind people <laughs> that that's what we came from with 300 people, or, you know, maybe, maybe even less 200 to 300 so people. JJ and I used to be a solid 1% of your uh, attendance. Yes. When we were there you go. At, at, <laughs> exactly. At three o'clock, right. Three o'clock games. Right. Well, 
Um, and um, I mean, I'm just so thankful for the support of the university. The lights changed our program. Um, you know, we, we, we I knew that the, a, a stadium might be um, down the way of a, of a, of a pipe dream, but, um, but I knew lights could, could really change us. And that's, that was the beginning of it. And, and like Shauna said, she told me after coming out to one of the first uh, games under the light, she said, man, when we played, we had our families and friends and some, some, some other teams. But when I come out now, it's a circus. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I'm just really thankful to the community uh, that they come out and they support. Uh, at the same time, we've, we've got to, we've got to be exciting. We, we've got to, we've got to, that's one of the things that we talked about them at, at halftime yesterday is like, give them, you got a crowd here, get after it. You know, stop going sideways and backwards. Let's go. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and, and I think the second half and it was a really exciting match. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know, I guess soccer is becoming a lot more popular. Um, and there's a lot of successful local uh, clubs and teams that, that I think people uh, look forward to the, to the Friday night or Thursday night games under the lights. I think people, that's a, that's an exciting event for for people and, and it's nice to see alumni there um and uh and yeah i just i'm hoping that that we can get off to a fast start so we can continue to grow that the crowd yeah i mean that that was a but my next question for you actually was the the sport has grown so much in your time coaching at long beach state um it's now i mean i think you really had to go to like legends and like call ahead of time to find out if games were going to be shown <laughs> when you first started coaching and now obviously it's like everyone's a soccer fan there's epl fans all over southern california um you've got ted lasso's like the number one show you know about a, a, a soccer coach how, how proud are you how excited are you about that and um and, and what does that do for your program do you think it brings in more casual fans or like hey we have a local soccer team here um, but what does that growth meant for you guys and and how sort of personally excited are you uh, of that it's very exciting. Uh, I see it in my players. My players are a lot more knowledgeable about the game when they when they first come in. They 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 know what's what's happening in the world game way more than the, than than uh, than maybe generations past. Um, it's 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 at. But I always, I still think that you still have to seek the culture. It's not going to come. It's not going to come to us like maybe. Uh, football, baseball, or basketball does. You still have to seek it. But it's but we've come a long, long way. So it is very exciting. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the average fan is more knowledgeable. Um, and we've, I, I think we've turned some, some on some fans to our program and we just have to keep working and keep putting on a good product on the field, keep trying to be exciting. Um, and obviously, uh, win, keep winning. So, so, so yeah, no, very exciting. Um, today is big day. Messi's going from uh, going to PSG. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. And the fact that everything's at your fingertips now, right. Everything comes to you from, you know, from social media angles uh, faster than anything it travels. So, so yeah, I think all of it, technology where the world's at today um, has made our, our sport grow and it, it is exciting. I, we do, we do feel very fortunate to, to be playing, in a community that is a soccer community. I do feel like uh, Long Beach is a soccer community. Well, or like I like the... to say, I like to say we're the, we're a football school. <laughs> <laughs>
F-U-T-B-O-L. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of the growth of the game, obviously you've had great success there at Long Beach State. You've also had great success with Beach FC. How's everything going with your club? It's going great. We had, we had a lot of challenges, obviously through the through the pandemic, but things seem to be to be um, evening out now, and 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 uh, our players can have been able to train regularly throughout the summer and play. So we're hopeful that that it continues and. You know, with that, it's also, you know, a day at a time, a week at a time. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's going great. What about the uh, other Big West schools? Did you guys get a chance to see anybody when you did your spring season? Yeah, we played uh, Irvine, Northridge, UC San Diego, Bakersfield. Um, yeah, those are the four schools that we played. And, uh, yeah, everybody's seems to be competitive and excited for the year. Um, we had a, we had a great spring. We went four on one against those teams. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like usual. I think, I think every game is going to be tough. Everybody knows each other. There's no secrets and, uh, and they're all emotional, uh, types of, of derbies. So, so yeah, no, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good conference here. When you look back on your time at Long Beach State, do you think of any certain season or any certain game or run of games that kind of defines what you've been talking about, like the growth of that culture and putting something on the field that people can be excited about and want to come see? Is there like a moment where it kind of switched or clicked for you and your group? That's hard. It's hard for me to, to, to really step back um, because I, I do live – game by game, you know, 45 minutes at a time. Um, I think all of it, I think, I mean, I can remember the very first goal we scored at George Allen field. I actually um, was, was texting with, with um, Ali Wiegan, who, who was the, the, the girl that got the game winner against, um, against Sacramento state uh, back in 04. I can remember, I can remember almost a lot of those, those moments. Um the first, the first win against a ranked opponent, that was big. Um, and, uh, I would say when we, when we won the, the 2016 championship in, in front of our fans, that was fun and exciting. Uh, obviously making our playoff run, that was fun. Um, but then we feel like, you know, I, I, I talk about advancing. We are, our, our motto is to advance. We want to advance individually, collectively, day by day, week by week in the classroom, off the field, um, every day, uh, year by year, semester by semester. And, um, and really getting to the tournament has been great, but it's, a, you know, we losing in the first round is, is something that, that we want to, we want to advance past that. Um, and yes, the, the, the way that the, that the, um, playoffs are regionalized, we're, we're basically, in a sweet 16 game, even if we have a great year, pretty much every time, but, but, but we got to, you know, we got to get, we got to get past that. And, and so that we could steal somebody's seed and, and, and get on. Um, and so that's what we work on. We talk about those things. And when we, you were, you know, it was a while back, but we were so close to a final four, 30 minutes away in a tight game that, that, you know, it's possible, you know, you, you can, you can get there and you just got to keep working. And that's what motivates us to continue to find more players, to continue to build our facilities uh, to continue to include, you know, um, to, to build the culture and to build the crowds and, and everything uh, helps us to get to, to, to continue to advance 
to get to those moments and, and take advantage of them, hopefully. Great stuff as always, Coach. Thank you so much for stopping by Thursday back at George Allen Field for your second exhibition and then on to the regular season. Best luck. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Always great talking to Coach. Um, probably the coach at Long Beach State that JJ and I have the longest relationship with. JJ literally started covering uh, Coach Ingracia while still a student at Long Beach State um, and has continued to cover the Long Beach State soccer team ever since. So I always tell people, like, it's it, it's not just that we're covering stuff at the 562.org. It's that, you know, you're going to get a depth of experience and knowledge about that program. Like, you know, JJ would be the guy you would hire to write a book about <laughs> the Long Beach State women's soccer team. So I know he's excited to get back out there. And it was always, uh, always great hearing from Coach. Yeah, big, big shouts to Haley Bolt. That, that first feature, dude. The first one that ran in the newspaper. <laughs> Bolt, Bolt of Lightning. Good stuff. Uh, Andy, you know, at the end of these shows for the last four years, this being our fifth year of the LB feed show, we've done a little different stuff at the end. And this year, I think it's just to have like an open segment, just a hot take. You know what I mean? So obviously, big story of the summer for us sports fans has been the Olympics. Did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? What did you take away from watching the Olympics this summer? How about the LBC? Not just uh, our campus, uh, Long Beach State, but the city representing uh, you know, the LB proudly in Tokyo. Uh, I loved watching uh, men's volleyball, for example. Uh, TJ DeFalco, right? I mean, our fans remember TJ and what he was able to do along with his teammates. TJ starting uh, at the Olympics. And to me, what do I know? But I felt like he was the MVP of the team in terms of what he delivered. So again, watching our athletes uh, chase uh, glory and in all those things that come with the Olympics and the coaching staff, you know, we had three coaches, I think six uh, student athletes, former student athletes who competed. That was awesome. And again, I love this stat or fact since 1949, since the founding of the university, we have had somebody compete and participate at the Summer Olympics, every Summer Olympics since then. How awesome is that? It's pretty amazing. The history in the city and at the university is so great. And as JJ and I said, like we never refer to, to men's volleyball or water polo as sort of mid-major. We just always call them Olympic sports. I mean, that's what they are, right? Like everyone who's here, Alan Knipe has talked about that. People come into the program hoping to make it to the Olympic team. Um, and so I, I love all the history there. But I also think uh, it, for me, Watching the closing ceremonies, um, part of it is I have an eight-year-old son who like literally made a list of things he wants to be an Olympian in. Um, but it was hard not to start thinking about, you know, LA and Long Beach hosting in, in just seven years. Um, some classic Long Beach sports. We're going to have men's and women's water polo in the city. We're going to have BMX biking, which I think is going to be fun. We're going to have triathlon. We're going to have open water swimming and sailing. Uh, there may still be a few more sports pending on the announcement. Um, but I, I just, I love that. And, I, you know, JJ and I have heard so many great stories about the 84 Olympics um, from Long Beach State people and from, you know, people that we've, we've known um, who are a little bit older than us. And like, I just can't wait for, for those memories to come here. You know, hopefully all, hopefully everyone on this Zoom call is still in the spot that we're in so we can all enjoy it together. But um, I was looking at those renderings the day after the closing ceremony, like, oh, we're so close. <laughs> Andy, if you could pick a sport to be an Olympian in, what, what, what would you pick? For me, it's handball. I absolutely love handball. It's like my favorite sport that I never get to watch. I, I'm going to go way out on the branch because this is not 
not a summer Olympic sport because the next Olympics is in China, Beijing, right? In, in, in six in, months, in, yeah. In six months. <laughs> curling. How about curling? How, how awesome is curling? And yes. I, I would love to learn how to play, I guess, play in curling. I mean, curl. I mean it just feels like you know, you got the, the little cue stick in one hand. I feel like the rock. And I mean, what what's better than that? Like gliding on ice. I'll have to trade stories with you sometime, Andy. My wife and I on a road trip for our uh, honeymoon after we got married happened to um, visit the uh, world championships of curling in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> I am glued to the TV when curling's going. I don't even know really what's going on, but I'm just like, that's awesome. I I've, uh, I do know I'm the same as you. I think going all the way back to uh, Nagano in Japan in the 90s, like that's just always been my sport as well. So that I'm with Jay. It's like handball and curling. I pick race walking, JJ. <laughs> I honestly, I, it's so much more impressive than people make it out to be. You know, those guys do, you know, 10K at a six minute mile pace walking like that like it's how does unbelievable sense it, it it's makes unbelievable. me it makes me so angry at the pe uh teachers who are like no walking the mile like, <laughs> hey man if you He's do got, it right those guys are hardcore but you know what i as a runner i'm kind of getting older so now i'm like maybe you know race walking maybe that's I think it's worse i think race walking is worse on your hips i like the, that swivel see. that they have like i think i can be a jogger longer than i could be a race walker i think so i don't know <laughs> all ice bats after that deal i mean at most events yes but yes i agree with you I, it's like hip replacement central i, I don't know the stats on, <laughs> on that but there's got to be a lot of hip replacements at age 50 in the race walk. It might be like the Tommy John. There might be people preemptively getting the hip replacement before they get into competitive race walking. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Stronger. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be a Fosbury flop situation where they just change the sport by finding a new way to walk. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to start shuffling. So some sort of like the sport. static charge reactive shoe. You know what I mean? <laughs> like skipping or something, right? Like skipping. Like, is that going to be a sport? Like skipping. You have to go heel toe and you can't have both feet off the ground at the same time, which I think takes, it might take skipping out of it. I'll have to go outside and do the math on that. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I say, I say Heelys. We draw the we draw the line at Heelys. <laughs> you, you can you can figure out a way to get around the course of those things. Uh, good on you. Yeah, great hey. Olympics, great Olympics for Long Beach State, great Olympics for Long Beach. You're absolutely right, Andy. Every year, Long Beach is involved in the Summer Olympics in some way, shape, or form. Either getting ready for them or coming off of them. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Maggie Steffens, new gold medalist for the women's water polo team, local resident, was just hanging out on Second Street on Sunday. My friends were down there and they're like, hey, do you know this girl? And I was like, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah she went to, yeah, she, she went down to Legends and just flashed the gold medal around, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> That's the most Long Beach thing ever. Yeah, just Long Beach doing Long Beach things, man. Uh, we are really excited, like we said at the top of the show, to be back for another season of the LBB show covering everything Long Beach State Athletics. So thank you, Andy. Thank you, producer Roger and everybody else who makes this show happen. All you listeners out there, please, this year, Get in touch with us. Let us know what you guys want to hear, what you want us to talk about, what you want, uh, who you want us to have on the show, all that stuff. We want the interaction from LB Nation. So stay up, everybody. And very, very soon, we will see you in the stands.